Hey there, welcome to Beyond the Bikini podcast, where you can enhance your body and your mind. My name is Nicole Ferrier, exercise science grad, certified personal trainer, bikini competitor, and coach. On this podcast, you will learn more about my experience in the fitness industry, competing in bikini competitions, mental health, and how to gain more success in your own life in your fitness journey. So sit back, relax, or power through this cardio session and enjoy. What's going on, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Bikini Radio, and today's episode is just going to be a solo cast with myself talking about eating disorders. So if you guys didn't know, I think I haven't done an episode really on eating disorders in quite some time, but I personally have gone through my own set of eating disorders, and I say set because my eating disorder journey really transitioned from disorder to disorder. And in this episode, I want to talk about some questions that you guys had for me on my Instagram. I posted a little question box. And then I'm also going to be diving into just like recovery and relapses. And I just wanted to also put out that I am by no means a psychologist. I am not a doctor. I am not a dietitian, so I can't tell you where your nutritionals need to be if you're struggling with an eating disorder. I am not qualified to help you recover with your own personal eating disorder and take everything that you hear in today's podcast for um, your own information that you can analyze, but don't follow anything that you feel like isn't going to help help you. Honestly, you don't need to follow anything in general. This is just my story. So me talking about my experiences and just because it's an experience doesn't mean that it's going to be a actual step-by-step recovery tips. Um, that is not what this podcast is about. And I do think a lot of people who are online fitness coaches, some of them will try to niche into the disordered, not disordered company, (laughs) disordered uh, eating disorder um, audience with people who are still struggling and wanting to recover, yet they're too scared to go to a therapist or they're kind of like wanting things like to not be in person and then they try to go the online coach route. Unless this online fitness coach has a like doctorate in psychology that specializes in disordered eating and or any other uh, mental disorder that you're struggling with like depression and anxiety which those are usually hand in hand if someone is struggling with an eating disorder then I wouldn't recommend hiring this coach to help you recover because they just are not qualified to do so all right I digress. So let's just start this out with diving into a couple of the questions that you guys asked me. Um, The first question was, how did I know that I had one? So my eating disorder, I knew it was more of a problem when I was, I would say 15. I started to develop like disordered tendencies when I was 14, where I would start to overexercise or I would start to limit my food intake and start to set some food rules here and there. And I thought that I was just eating healthier and was, you know, like a a good eater in a way. But this quote unquote good eating turned into very restrictive eating. And I knew I had a problem when I had so much anxiety around food. I felt like nobody else had these issues. Nobody seemed to get so overwhelmed and stressed with food. 
Nobody seemed to have weighed themselves like 20 times in a day like I would. Nobody seemed to have been struggling with this stuff. And that's how I knew something was wrong because what I was doing like wasn't quote unquote normal. Um, and you kind of know, like you kind of know if you're struggling with a disorder and you're kind of being sneaky with things, maybe that's, um, you know, staying up late to work. I would like stay up late and work out when my parents were sleeping or I would try to hide things like food related because I felt ashamed of like eating a lot. So I would try to hide. Um, I wouldn't eat like full granola bar. So I'd eat like a quarter of one. And then I try to hide the other part of that granola bar because I felt like that was weird that I wasn't eating the whole thing, if that makes sense. So I knew what I was doing was not normal behavior. And I think that's how I knew that I had a disorder. But um your behaviors are going to look different. Like if you think that you're struggling with a disorder, what you do might look different. But I would say that think of someone in your life that you know has a good relationship with their body and food. Hopefully you can think of someone. And if if you can't see them doing what you're doing, then that's a good red flag that something is wrong. How do I handle body dysmorphia? So I think that everybody struggles with body dysmorphia to some degree, and you have to just come to realize that what you're seeing isn't real. And I know that that sounds kind of like tough love and hard, but it's just the reality that what you're seeing is skewed and so subjective, and how you're seeing yourself isn't really there. Um, They've done like exercises with those who are struggling with recovery where they will give them like a marker and stand in front of a mirror and say, draw like how you see your body or like you can draw it on like a piece of paper or, you know, some chalk on concrete. And usually these people are drawing their body way bigger than what it really is. And also just like odd proportion sizes that don't match their body. And that just goes to show like they truly don't see themselves for how they are. And with body dysmorphia, I would strive for you to find some clothes that you feel comfortable in, um, investing in outfits that make you feel good in your skin, or maybe focusing on like doing your makeup if that makes you feel good, or your hair. Also, just how you talk about your body. So really trying to stop yourself in your tracks if you are saying like, I feel fat, which, you know, fat is not a feeling. So we need to just stop saying that in general. Or if you say I look disgusting, like you need to really just stop talking about your body that way and start talking to your body like you would a friend. Um, You wouldn't probably let your best friend talk about her body that way. So why are you letting you talk about your body that way? And this is even more important if you have kids because your children are going to see how you talk about your body. If you're always saying that you're nasty and disgusting and you're fat, like your children can get a bad complex too on how they see their bodies because your children are going to look at you like superwoman and they look at you in such a positive light. And if the if one of the most important people in their lives sees themselves so negatively, it can just be really bad for their psyche. I know that this is something that I personally struggled with when my mom was starting to diet when I was, you know, 14. I felt like she was dieting, so I should diet to help hold her accountable and also, you know, help her stay on track. And it just turned into um, a full-blown eating disorder. So, 
All right, um, let's talk about weight gain. So how do I deal with weight gain? I've gone through weight gain throughout several different periods of my life. Um, obviously, when I was recovering from an eating disorder, my weight went up. My weight was really low too, and I lagged a lot of muscle mass, but I noticed when I was gaining weight, I was doing gymnastics at the same time, and my workout performance actually improved. And so that was really helpful for me to focus my attention to was, wow, like I'm doing better as a gymnast, like I'm able to flip flip harder and I have more endurance. And I just felt like I was doing better when I was weighing more in my sport, which my sport was really important to me. And that's like what made me want to like be okay with that weight gain. Um, the other thing too is just working on the fact that like nobody knows that you're gaining weight and nobody even knows what you weigh. Um, I use this whenever I'm like competing and like bodybuilding competitions. So even when I gain weight after, like a lot of people don't even realize how much weight you can gain because it doesn't really reflect on your body. And usually people don't notice the weight, but they notice the fact that they're like, oh, wow, you have energy now, or you look healthy, you look strong, your skin looks great, your hair looks great, like all of these other improvements, like people will notice. And it's never about the weight. It's never like, oh, wow, you gained like 15, 20 pounds. Like they never point that out. They actually point out a lot of other positive things. And if someone were to make a comment to you, like I have had um, negative comments, like comments about, oh, I thought that you looked better, thinner. That's when like you honestly can't listen to this person's words. Like what a ignorant thing to say. And it usually comes from, like, people who aren't close to you, um, or even if they are. Like, I always say, like, even if they're family, like, they can still hurt your feelings. And just because they're family doesn't mean you have to be super close to them. But if someone were to make a comment like that to you, like, you should honestly make them uncomfortable just like they made you uncomfortable and just say, well, when I was thinner, I had a full-blown eating disorder and I was sick. Like, you should just call them out on their own shit to educate them or simply ignore them and talk about it with someone that, you know, what they said hurt your feelings. Maybe you have a significant other or a family member like your mom or dad or best friend and say like, hey, this person said this to me. It's kind of like triggered me and got me in my head. And then hopefully they can kind of talk you out of things. Or maybe this is even your therapist, you know, talk about this interaction that you had um, talk about your triggers and why they trigger you, and then also ways to calm yourself down. And that's going to look different from each and every person. Now, if someone makes like a comment, I just like laugh in my head. I'm like, that's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And it doesn't really bother me. Um, and that just comes, I think, with age. Like if I were to tell myself that at age 15 to like, just get over it, like everyone I don't want to say everyone. Majority of people when they're in high school are really insecure, so that doesn't help. But with age and like gaining confidence, like the less you're gonna care about like stupid remarks like that. I digress. Okay, someone asked, I'm having inconsistent periods. I've gotten my period back one month and then the next month it's gone. Uh what should I do about this? So when I was struggling with my eating disorder, I really struggled with inconsistent periods or just really long cycles. Sometimes my period wouldn't come 
until like 40 something days. And, you know, in high school, I wasn't TMI, I wasn't sexually active. So I didn't have to worry about like, being pregnant. So I knew that it was something wrong, like with my body. And I never went on birth control to regulate my period. Like that's honestly the last thing that you should do because your period on birth control isn't a real period. It's actually just a, um, a false hormone bleed from the pill that you're taking or implant that you're taking, not taking implant that you have implanted in your body with hormones. Um, they're extra hormones are not your actual body's internal hormones and something is going on between your um, ovaries and your pituitary gland that needs to be fixed. So with an inconsistent period and or like amenorrhea if you've been missing your period for a prolonged period of time which side note I've covered this topic in depth in previous episodes on Beyond the Bikini Radio but what you would need to do is work on decreasing your cardio and also increasing your food intake. So this honestly looks like recovery. So with that being said, I know for myself, I didn't really get a consistent period until I hit a certain weight threshold. And that weight threshold looks different now than it did earlier in my life, just because I've gained um, muscle tissue. So it's primarily uh, muscle to fat ratio going on here. Now, like when I lose my period, it's at a much higher weight than when it was when I was younger and had less muscle mass. But regardless, like the goal whenever I stop like my bikini competitions is to gain my period back. And um, when I was younger, I knew that I just wanted to have my period back because yeah, I just knew, I, I don't know, at such a young age, I wasn't like, oh, like, this is super cool. I like, I knew something was wrong. So I would say it took a few months for it to get a bit more consistent. Um, that comes with gaining weight. I think I gained around, I don't know, I think 10 pounds at the time. And then um, I didn't do as much cardio. But the cardio was the hardest part for me was decreasing that because I loved to do it. It felt good and it was just so habitual for me that when I had to work on cutting that down, that was really hard. And I'll be honest, like even throughout like my bikini competitions and preps, like cardio was really hard for me to cut down because I was so ingrained and like working really hard, but I also knew that it wasn't optimal for my goals of balancing out my hormones and building muscle tissue. So I was, I was when I was younger, a runner, and then that turned into um, just walking. And that doesn't mean I'm walking like 20,000 steps a day. I'm walking, you know, around 10,000 steps a day. So I would say if you're having inconsistent periods, try to get uncomfortable Try to work on gaining some body fat and decreasing the amount of extra cardio that you're doing. You also want to increase the amount that you're resting. So if you have no rest days, for the love of God, please incorporate at least two rest days and then trying to actually get rest. So rest like sleeping and sleeping as much as possible. Okay. I got a good question, and that was, do you feel like competing made your eating disorder worse? 
So there's been times in my competing career, and I've competed since 2015. I would say when I was early on, like 2015, even a little bit 2016, it was really like mentally hard for me to gain weight. And I did struggle with some like binge eating tendencies. Um, and then over like coupled with over exercising bouts, like some sort of purging after. But I understood like what I was doing was unhealthy. And I did see a therapist um, throughout that time. And the conversation that we really had just helped me get my focus right because she's saying like what I was doing was just so unhealthy which it's like internally I knew but sometimes you need like an outward perspective to tell you like hey like what you're doing is not healthy and then eventually you listen like eating disorders are interesting because I feel like you can be recovered like I would say that I recovered from the anorexia when I was like 15 16 but it still morphed into like over-exercising disorder or um, even bulimia a little bit and it morphs into different things but I think I just needed to have that conversation with that um, she was like an eating disorder specialist and that really helped open up my eyes um, to what I was doing and it is hard like you're always going to struggle with your eating disorder to some degree you're going to have words that trigger you you're going to have some bad body image days but you have to understand that your value is so much more than just your weight and how you look and I think once I started like understanding that who I am like who Nicole is is so much more than just my body then I gained so much more respect for myself and I'm about to go on a tangent, but I see a lot of women in general who put so much focus on their body and, you know, they're always taking the photoshopped pictures on Instagram or they're always like super lean year round or they're always um, like showing their body in really provocative ways and I feel like a lot of women will only see themselves as their value in their body and not seeing themselves outside of that and you know if you take really um, exposed pictures like I'm not judging you but I also want you to know that you don't have to do that and that you are perfect as you are and that you have so much worth to give the world that doesn't just involve your body. So once you can get to that point, which takes a lot of work, um, a lot of soul searching, a lot of honestly just growing up because growing up, you start to hopefully gain more confidence and see yourself as more. And this can help too, like when you get a career or if you become a mother, like you understand that you're like, oh wow, like my body just brought life into this world or my body has helped me build this business or helps me, you know, be an amazing nurse or an amazing teacher. Like you, you start to see yourself as more and I feel like that really can help with recovery um, in general. But I also wanted to end this podcast episode on just like a friendly reminder of like a free resource that you guys can use. So if you guys go check out NIDA, which is the National Eating Disorders, Associ I think it's Association, um, 
you can take a free screening. And what that does for you is it shows you where your risk level is at for an eating disorder. So that can be low risk or moderate or high risk. And then you can also find therapists that specialize in the needs that you, in the needs that you have to have met in order for you to fully recover. So if you struggle with bulimia, it's like, We'll have just um, eating disorder therapists that you can go to. Or if you struggle with, you know, depression and anorexia, like they'll have eating disorder specialists for you. Remember that everyone's eating disorder is different. Um, just because I have an eating disorder had um, doesn't mean it's going to look the same as yours. And everybody struggles for different reasons. And the only way that you can really get to the root of that is going to be through therapy. Um, not everybody can just like, I hate this word, but like not everybody can just get over it. And you don't have to be a certain weight to get help. This is like a big misconception. And I know for myself, like when I was in high school, you know, I was pretty thin but I never looked like super emaciated where like my my bones were protruding out of my body I didn't look like the typical stereotype anorexic girl but I I felt like oh if I don't look like that then I don't necessarily need help and I remember this one girl in high school I'm not going to say names but she was very 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 thin and it was very clear that she had something um, going on with her eating patterns that, you know, brought her to look that way. And she did get help for her eating disorder. But I remember when I was, you know, sick at the time, I would compare myself to her all the time and think, well, I don't look like that. So I don't need help. I don't need help. And honestly, I was just in denial. And as I get older, uh, and I share more about disordered eating on my Instagram the more I see some of these girls that I went to high school with telling me that I was also struggling with things like this and, you know, their bodies didn't look to that degree. And it's very important to understand that a mental disorder is not a physical look. It's an internal issue going on. So if you feel like you need help, you probably need help. That is absolutely okay. And you deserve to get better and you deserve to be healthy. You deserve to not feel like food is stressful or brings you anxiety, that you can work out and also take a rest day or an added rest day if needed. Um, your life is too short. <laughs> life is the longest and shortest thing that we'll ever do. And it's important that you live it to its highest quality. And I can tell you that you're not doing that when you're starving. So I hope that this episode was helpful for you guys. Just a friendly reminder that the only way that we can grow here on iTunes is through ratings and reviews. So make sure that you give Beyond the Bikini Radio a five-star rating and also give us a nice little written review. And then also tag me. Tag me at Nicole Fairy Fitness on Instagram showing me that you enjoyed this episode. And if Beyond the Bikini Radio is helping you and you know that it can help someone else, I'd appreciate it greatly if you could share this with a friend or family member. The more people I can help, the better better this is, better I am. I don't know. I can't talk today, guys. But I hope that y'all are doing well. And then for more resources for help, that will be down below in the description. Hey, guys. On the Beyond the Bikini podcast, you know I talk a lot about training and nutrition. 
Trust me, it can be hard to hit the gym consistently, track your macros to a T, and feel like you're making progress. So rather you're a newbie in the gym or someone who's been hitting the gym consistently but possibly hit a plateau, then I recommend you check out my one-on-one coaching. No, I do not only coach prep clients, but I coach lifestyle clients as well. I would love to hear more about your goals, so feel free to apply for my one-on-one coaching down below at the link. There we can discuss what you're wanting to accomplish in the gym, with your relationship with food, and how I can help you reach your goals. Okay, guys, so if you are enjoying Beyond the Bikini Radio, I would really love if you could share my podcast up on your Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is. Beyond the Bikini Radio has been up for almost a year, and you guys know that I share a variety of content. Not only do I talk about mental health, physical health, competing, but other areas too with women's health, interviewing guests, interviewing bikini competitors. If you're wanting me to continue doing Beyond the Bikini Radio, I would just love to see some love back and you sharing the podcast. It makes me so happy seeing you guys enjoy it and it gives me a better idea of what type of content you guys are enjoying and what episodes you want me to cover in the future or what topics resonated with you. So again, thank you for being a Beyond the Bikini radio listener and keep on listening.